0: Hey guys, Jason Davis here Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com. Or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners, check out the Tuttle Twins, and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's non-stop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Welcome to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for joining us today. I got a very special guest with us. Pretty successful businessman, former candidate for the United States Senate in the state of Arizona. Of course, I'm talking about the man, Daniel. Dan McCarthy is with us. Dan, thanks for being here. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me very much.
0: Of course. I appreciate you taking the time. So, lots of stuff going on recently in the world and there's just a few things that I want to ask you about. But first, I did want to talk to you a little bit about the campaign. I mean, I found it to be super high energy, very grassroots, really energized conservatives in Arizona. I can say, you know, a lot of us were a little disappointed in the final tally, but but nonetheless, can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, the campaign, running it, how was that for you? If you don't mind, can you share a little bit about what it's like going against the GOP establishment in Arizona?
1: Sure. So, the first thing I'll tell you is is that before I got into this process, you know, about 18 months ago, I was I had no you hear people all the time say to you that voting's not real and why bother voting because it's 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 not a real it's not a real thing and I was always one of those that said, no, voting is very real because, you know, there's a process and I just trusted the process. And I trusted the fact that there was some integrity in the process itself, but going through the process, going through election night, the one thing I'll say, and I'll say this to your listeners very confidently is that the reality is, is that I don't know about the results. I don't, I don't, I still have no way of verifying the results. It was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever been through because about 13 minutes after the polls closed, I was told that the voting results were this. And basically, what they said was is that I think we got like 28% or 29% of the vote. And what's really weird about this is is that there was no counting of the votes. It just happened. They just use an algorithm and that was what they, they said the voting tally was. So the results were, were uh, released, and all of a sudden it was like you lost. Well, at the same time that I lost, key people that I was supporting had won. So, for example, like Jerry Sheridan, our, our sheriff race here in Maricopa County, uh, we had some county races uh, outside of Maricopa, such as Yavapai County, Mojave County, where the people that were kind of like the Daniel McCarthy type candidates were all winning. And supposedly we ended up getting a lot less votes than what they got in those areas, which is just really weird. So there was some, there were some anomalies that made me say, you know, and I don't want to sound like sour grapes, man, because frankly, like I said, I I really don't care. I mean, seriously, I got to tell you that I I don't lose sleep over stuff like this. I'm not an emotional guy. So I'm only telling you this for your listeners to understand that I am very speculative now. I, I have a lot of suspicion over voting itself. And I actually had a whistleblower that reached out to me that was in counting the votes. And there was witnesses in the room. And I said, hey, what happened? She goes, you were screwed. So if we're that far along, where voting is not real for your federal candidates, if you don't actually pick your federal candidates, we have bigger problems. And me sitting around whining about it isn't going to help anything. So I'm focused on our next steps moving forward so we can obviously try to have impact because ultimately that's all I really care about is results. I don't care about uh, winning a race. Isn't my primary concern. Having results are my primary concern. So uh, that's what I'm working on now.
0: Okay. Rewind a little bit. Assume that you won the primary and fast forward, you win the general. You're the new Senator from the state of Arizona for you. What would be your top three agenda goal items that you'd want to address in that position?
1: Well, so it, it one of the things that would have to be done is that what I've decided to do now, which is work on formulating a new party. Uh, the reason a, par- a new party is so important is because you're Republican and Democrats. It's fun to play the red team versus the blue team, but that actually doesn't exist. It's more like professional wrestling where the results are already picked. Uh, the, those Those people in Washington, D.C. work together. There is no separation between Republicans and Democrats. As a matter of fact, Republicans now act like socialists, very similar to how Democrats used to act like socialists. Now Democrats act like, act like communists, right? So, you know, it's, it's really weird because the first thing that I would have to do upon winning would have been start a new party because I could no longer associate with the Republican Party. I knew that going into the race, by the way. So a lot of people, they were like, wow, you, you know, the day after the election, you came out saying that you were going to involving yourself with a new party. Well, it's because I had to, regardless of the results, that we were already preparing for this internally, I can't morally any longer be associated with that type of syndicated crime network that the Republican and Democrat Party are.
0: Yeah, I mean, so for me, I totally agree with everything you just said. I mean, I I agree that the Republican Party is basically like Diet Coke to Democrats, you know, regular Coke. So I agree with that, and I like the idea of a true conservative party. But let me just play devil's advocate here for a second on that. So. I mean, what would you say to people who would bring up the Ross Perot effect, for example? They would say, sure. like, they would say, okay, third party's great, but now you're going to bleed off votes from Republicans and essentially ensure a Democrat victory for the rest of eternity.
1: Yeah, so the first thing is, is that what we're actually working on here is a state party. We're not looking for a national network. This party is not, to get, is not going to associate itself with a national network. Network. It's actually within the bylaws of the new party that uh, there's no national tie-ins allowed for the new party. So the first thing you have to remember is is that here in Arizona, let's take an example like this Senate race that we just witnessed. You have an outsider candidate. This, by the way, this happens every election cycle. I've been watching this my since I've been 18 years old here in Arizona. It's it, it, every state's the same, but you've got a situation where the Republican establishment isolate the conservatives they don't allow them to not only win but they sabotage them even if they do win so like this goes back to the 90s when um you know governor uh, Meekum was elected and then they immediately impeached him yeah. so this so so what we're doing is in essence we have to do this because if we don't uh what's what we're currently doing isn't working so rather than bringing up the ross perot's analogy let me give you an example of how tactically this would work on the ground if in the event that we have a situation where the republicans isolate the conservatives like they always do what we can do is to say look that republican canada either signs the pledge that by the way agrees with the party platform so our pledge is just a little bit more of a detail-oriented pledge saying that look as a, as a representative, I will not violate these things. If they sign that pledge, we'll get behind the Republican. We don't want to interfere with the Republicans. We want to help them. In comparison to if someone isn't willing to sign that pledge, and they're, if they're just going to disregard the conservatives, the constitutionalists, and they're going to say, no, we won't play ball with you, then okay, we'll skip the primary, and then we'll run our candidate uh, in the general election. That way we don't have to deal with the Republican nonsense that happens and we can go straight to the general. Imagine a strategy that is not so much trying to get involved with the national politics, but more designed to get involved with the local politics by way of doing that. They can be effective where change really happens. See a lot of the change doesn't really happen at the national level. It really happens at the state level. Um, And that's where we want to have the impact.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Now, in Arizona, primary, you cannot vote for a candidate that's not in your registered party, correct?
1: Yes, yes. So that's a great – so I'll jump ahead because I think I can answer your question before you even ask it, which okay. is how, how, do, how do you play with that sandbox? So the idea is, is within our party is, is it's not necessarily to be competitive with the Republicans and Democrats with by numbers we're really looking for, we're looking for people that are actually in the know. We're looking for people that are really activists, that want to mobilize around conservative principles. And the reason I say that, and the reason that's so important, is because there's going to be certain races where we don't want people to join the party. We want them to stay a Republican to help the primary of that candidate out that's a Republican candidate. So where in your typical party, it's, hey, you, you have a Republican next to your name uh, for your voter identification, when you're part of the Patriot Party, you're actually subscribing to more of uh, participating more in the, the process because we, we really need activists. We really need people to actually re- recognize that by sitting back and watching Fox news, that's not going to solve our problems. We've got to get involved. Um, and, and that's kind of the idea behind what we're doing.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Fox news is not at all what it used to be. So I would agree with you. Okay. So where are you at with this effort now? What's the latest update with the Patriot party?
1: Well, the first thing I'm doing is, is just facilitating the party. I, I, I plan on taking no leadership role with the party. I'm not taking any uh, – there's nothing I'm doing uh, for this party other than orchestrating and organizing the actual structure and growing and the actual setup of the, comp, of the, of the pack, of the, of the new party. So right now I can tell you as a spectator uh, that's heavily involved with the, the structure, um, I've never seen anything come together like this. I mean it's beautiful, I mean in Arizona right now, just so you know, there are hundreds and thousands of patriots that are working and participating on the bylaws, on the structure that, that are, they're going to be the ones that start gathering the petitions because you need you need thirty five thousand people to sign a petition uh, to join the new party, so you 've got this just i 'm talking hungry group of rabid activists that are just ticked off man they 're done they're done with both parties. They're done with being lied to. So where it's at right now is I'd say it's, it's probably about 80% of the way done to where it's ready to start collecting signatures. Once the party gets the 35,000 signatures, come 2022, we're going to have a vehicle to use that can basically whack the Republicans with when they act like bad Republicans. And that's going to be a fun thing to have, man. I got to tell you, as an activist at heart, as, a, as someone that likes to and, and get involved, I mean, to watch this thing be available for conservatives to be involved with, I'm so excited for it. So it's, I'd say it's about 80% of the way there and uh, very close to to start collecting signatures. We don't want to interfere with 2020 elections. So a lot of people are giving me a lot of bad if They're like, hey, you're going to interfere with Trump. You're going to interfere. No, 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 I'm not interfering with anybody. Uh, we're purposely avoiding getting involved with 2020 elections. This is all about 2022 uh, you're, you're, if you join the Patriot Party today, or if you if you go to arizonanewparty.com, that's the way you can register to get on the list. So if you go to arizonanewparty.com and fill out your information, what's going to happen is is you're going to join a movement of people that are just done. And I would recommend that everyone does that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you mentioned whacking Republicans a minute ago, I mean I I heard that you are leading the charge to put some pressure on our governor, a Republican, who has probably overstepped his authority with COVID restrictions.
1: Um, Not probably. He absolutely has. As a matter of fact, uh, he has violated um, his oath of office. Uh, So this is a man that has now violated um, the most sacred bond between uh, an elected official and the the people he is supposed to serve as a servant. So he is uh, in huge violation of uh, his oath of office and we're in a very peculiar position as a country right now because obviously this is not just happening here. It's happening everywhere. So, yes, I don't know if I'd say I'm leading the charge, but I'm definitely very vocal. And I don't, I'm do not i not here to play nice with Republicans just because they have an R on their name. If This is where people don't like me very much is because they're like, oh, you've got to unify. You've got to do this. Guys, I'd rather know my enemy up front. I don't care. It, the, the parties are the same. I mean, they're doing the same thing. So – the Republican governor is the one closing down businesses, making people wear masks. Um, This is his doing. So it is what it is. I mean, but so yes, I I don't know if I'd say I'm leading a charge, but I'm definitely very vocal about what's going on.
0: So there's something happening at the state Capitol at the end of the month. Can you tell us about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) so here's the deal. At some point, you have to apply pressure to these elected officials and we've done that so i mean we have gone i've been i've been down to the capitol building for rallies i mean i don't even know how many times now right um i've actually gone up to the governor's office probably 10 different occasions i don't even know how many times where i've gone up to the governor's office asked for him to meet with us you know, I'm not, I'm not against the governor. I, I'm, I'm, I want to help any Republican win and, and be successful. So it, I, I don't care about the, the, the drama behind the whole thing. But the reason I'm telling everybody this is because on the 30th of September, we've decided as a group, and when I say we, I'm talking about a lot of activists. What we're doing is we're going downtown on the 30th, and we have uh, tombstones that we're making out of styrofoam. So we're making these <laughs> fake tombstones and in any uh, elected state representative in arizona you have 90 state house members uh, i'm sorry 90 state assembly members meaning that you have 60 people in the house in arizona and you have 30 people in the state senate back in uh, may they uh, did what's called a sindai so what they did was is they sine die or however you pronounce it what they did was is they they closed session down and they left the governor, the the authority, uh, to do whatever he wants to do under an emergency declaration that he's under with no checks and balances. So this the state House and the state Senate have abandoned their post. Um, and by the way, it's a majority Republican in Arizona. So I, I tell you this because their career in terms of politics, their political career is over on the 30th if they don't if they're not willing to open session, we gave them plenty of time. We gave them the entire summer. And if they're not willing to start an emergency session to put some constraints on this governor, then what good are they? So we're putting some tombstones out of people's career, Republican or Democrat alike. If they have not been willing to open an emergency session to put some constraints on the governor, then we're going to kind of have like a a simulated funeral procession down there at the state Capitol and, Uh, We're asking everybody to wear black uh, to celebrate the the terrible careers of some of these state representatives that have no business being in office.
0: Uh, I love it. With everything that's going on, BLM, Antifa, all the civil unrest, war on police, you know, we're in treacherous waters as a country. For conservative leaders such as yourself, what would you say would be the number one thing that you'd like conservatives to unite on to fight right now?
1: Um, I would say undeniably, unfortunately it's with this virus, it's forced vaccinations. Um, if you witness what they were able to do with the mask and how they say that it's not mandatory, but then they mandate that. And then they say that, um, well, you don't have to wear a mask, but yet you can't even function. You can't even do business. You can't even go into your bank. So, I mean, I, I, I have millions of dollars in the, in, in, and I can't even go into my bank to sit down and and deal with my banker without a mask on. So I'm warning everybody as loud as I possibly can, that they're going to do this with this vaccination and they're going to slowly but surely make it to where if you don't have this vaccination, your child can't participate in sports or your child can't go to school and, and you can't go to work. And so they have a backdoor way of doing these things and the American people by just complying and capitulating, um, they're making our job a lot harder. So, as conservatives, we have to be united around this issue no matter what. We cannot live in a society where the officials are going to backdoor some type of forced vaccination. I think it's the biggest issue of our time. And I'm hoping and I'm working like crazy to fight now because that's what's coming next. Um, obviously, the second to that, though, and, and this kind of coincides with one of the questions I didn't really fully answer that you asked initially, which another issue that i think is critical right now is is the gun debate is just i'm telling you these guys are coming for our firearms i mean they are adamant about not having private ownership of of firearms um i'm i get a tremendous amount of intel from the left where people report to me stuff that's going on within like the the, the deep left i'm talking about their activists on the left and um They want to disarm our society. That's going to be the fight, I think, of our time as well. So I'd say those two issues are critical.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Maryland, I think, announced uh, mandatory vaccinations for kids in schools. And the Virginia governor has said he would mandate the COVID vaccine. That's already happened. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, go ahead.
1: if I could say to your audience, what I would say is, is when, uh, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Okay. That's that, that phrase that I just said, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. That was actually our country's, almost our country's motto that actually almost sat in the emblem of our country. Historically, a lot of people don't understand that, um, our role in this world is to rebel against, against tyranny. And, Unfortunately, as, as a society, we've come to a place now where we've got to stand very boldly and very strongly together as conservatives, because we don't know how bad it is. And I know a lot more than what I'm sharing with your audience, because obviously for sake of time, but what I can tell you is, is however bad you think it is, it's a lot worse. And we've got to fight while we can politically. Uh, so I'm going to do everything I possibly can politically. I'm asking everyone, please go to Arizona Give us your information so we can communicate with you. If you're one of those people who are like, well, you know, I've actually got people that they say to me, like, I'm scared to give my information because then they're going to know that I'm part of that group guys. Trust me. They know everything they need to know. Okay. Um, for them to be so emboldened to do what they're doing, uh, they, they know. So your information, if you go to ArizonaNewParty.com, it goes just to our people internally, uh, obviously outside the NSA and CIA and all that, you know, but There's, nothing, there's it's, it's that bad, but um, I need everyone to, to mobilize. And my suggestion is to mobilize, to band together, uh, and and to say, look, we're, we're not going to deal with tyranny. And uh, that's, that's the end of the line.
0: So I know you're a busy guy. We're running out of time. I have two more questions for you. Yes, sir. One's kind of serious. One's kind of funny. All right. So obviously with everything you just went through with the campaign and, and everything you're doing now with the new party, are you going to be running again for Senate next time around? Or is it going to be something different altogether?
1: You know, I haven't even, I I haven't even dedicated the time to think about it yet. I, I'm, I promised my core people that I'd be willing to do wherever I, whatever I felt that I could have most impact. I'm willing to help. It, it may not be as a candidate any longer. I don't know if I personally want to be a candidate only because uh, I want to make sure that the foundation is laid that can ensure that the process actually has integrity. If, if I can, in a period of two years, if, if we can do what's necessary where I feel comfortable knowing that there's integrity in the process, then I, I would love to serve as a, as a representative in, in some capacity, because I, I've always dreamed, you know, that, that maybe that's where I belong, but I don't necessarily care about that. I'm, like I said, I'm an activist. I'll, I'm going to be working on the same things regardless if I'm an I'm elected official or not. But so I, I haven't ruled anything out, but I, but I also haven't made any decisions.
0: That's fair enough. And then my final question for you, what kind of, what kind of line are you given on McSally Kelly? What's, the, um, what's she, the spread there?
1: Yeah. So I can almost, I can, I'm I'm glad you asked. This is a great question. I can predict this very easily for you. She will lose by. She'll lose by more than three points. I would say she'll probably lose by five. It'll be a five-point loss or more. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a six or seven-point loss. But it'll it'll. I would put money on it being over three. I'd put I'd put a little bit of money on it being over five. Um, but it's, it's going to be that type of loss. It won't, it won't be a close loss.
0: How long has it been since Arizona has been blue? Two senators?
1: Never. Not that I'm aware of anyways. I don't think it's ever had two blue senators. And that's, that's why I know it's going to happen. If you're looking at the national media, by the way, you're noticing that they're starting to say, oh, my gosh, whoever wins this race because it's a special election, the, the winner gets sworn in immediately. So what a lot of people are now they're starting the whole left is going to point their direction nationally towards this race. So the, the right is never going to get behind Martha, the core of the party, because they're not going to they're done. And there's nothing I can do to fix that. I mean, I tried to fix that by running. <laughs> so it's a mess. It's a mess. And I, I hate it because I love the state so much. And I and but I'll be here to clean up the mess that they make. Um, I'll be here to help.
0: Well, it sounds like it's going to be a lot worse than uh, than we thought. So, Daniel McCarthy, it's uh arizonanewparty.com. Your site is demanddaniel.com, right?
1: Uh, my campaign website is demanddaniel.com. Technically, I I, I think I'm still a candidate technically because I never conceded. I'm not I, I don't I don't concede. I just kind of keep on going <laughs> like nothing happens. So, <laughs>
0: if they want if someone wants to come down and support uh, the movement, it's September 30th at the state capitol. Um, and again, Arizona Yes, sir.
1: Yes. Arizona new go to Arizona new get on our mailing list that way you can stay up to date on what's going on and uh, we don't waste your time and we don't spam you so we're going to give you only stuff that matters so Arizona new and, and sign up right away
0: Dan thank you for being here I really appreciate it no problem brother thanks for listening to don't tread on liberty with Jason Davis Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation.